I still see briefs that come in which are just like completely mind-blowing as to how how regressive they are and I think that the most frustrating thing is that so many productions and brands and agencies are trying to use certain types of people to make themselves look better. Hello and welcome to the Now Then podcast. In this conversation, we speak to casting director Hannah Ashby-Ward. We discuss working with actors, industry ignorance, and how to prepare for auditions. Hope you enjoy. Now then, Hannah. Hello. Now then. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you guys? Yeah, are you a bit nervous? I am actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Who knows if I've got anything interesting to say? Well, let's see. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. In our, um, just for context, our above an industrial kitchen studio. So if you hear some yelps from some chefs downstairs, it keeps it fun. <laughs> just adds to the atmosphere <laughs> yeah, of the exactly, whole thing. Exactly. It keeps it crazy. Yeah. You're a casting director. Yeah. For Lane Casting. And what initially drew you into the role? So it was kind of, it was a bit of luck. And also it ended up making sense from everything that I'd done in my life. Um, I wanted to be an actor as every casting director does, I feel. And then they're all, they all don't get into drama school and they have to pursue a different career. (laughs) So um, yeah, I wanted to be an actor. Didn't really work out, but I always loved theatre, performance, directing, all of that stuff. And then I started working in production and I was like, I like part of this, but the actual producing part, I just, I wasn't getting any fulfillment out of. Um, and I felt that I'd left so much of what I'd loved doing behind. And sort of randomly, I ended up doing all the casting in this production company, thankfully, because my boss at the time didn't want to pay anyone else to do it. So I got lumped with it. But I was like, oh my God, this is actually this is what I want to do. So started building up, you know, a portfolio of work, met Lane through a director who I went to uni with, you know, like, you know how the world works, like just knowing good mates who happen to do really well. Um, And then, yeah, I sort of fell into it and helped start growing Lane on this side, essentially. And yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah, just I was think fortunate. I remember when I first met you, actually, you'd just done the, you'd been part of the, the souvenir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. A little, that's a little Easter egg <laughs> in my yeah, life. <laughs> you're talking about that souvenir film. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're in that. Yes, I am in it. Yeah. Um, they did actually cut some of my scenes rather sadly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that was an interesting experience. And I, I loved being on set and I loved acting in with the guys. But I think that what I liked most about that experience rather than the acting was just watching the filmmaking process. And seeing how, because it's an unscripted film, how that translated into, you know, into what it became and quite surprisingly became such a hit. Um, So, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll go back and do it someday. It's so funny with like production, like when they don't want to 
or I, can't, I don't have the budget sometimes to get a casting director. Because basically, when I first started, like uh, running, I never, I never have a budget to get a casting director. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Me yes. Yeah, hello. <laughs> but I like um, when I first started at Partizan when I was a runner. Mm. Like I, I came in as a work experience, and they um, said to me, "Do you know how to work a camera?" I was like, uh, "Yeah." And they're like, "Right, we've got a casting today. Um, go in the back room, set up this, um, put a sheet up, and yeah. uh, set the tripod up, and uh, we're going to have people coming in." And I was like, "What?" Yeah, I'd never done any, anything in my life, and they were like, "Here's some little notes from the director. He can't be in today." Um, yeah, ch- off you go. And I was like, "What?" And you got com- completely thrown into it. Yeah, I don't know. You must. Did you ever think doing that? Do you ever think, God, I, I, I want to direct? Yeah, sometimes yeah. I think, especially doing more narrative work. The best, the best part of my job is working with actors mm-hmm. and non-actors and just performers and getting something special out of them and I say it to everyone when they come in the room I'm like I want you to do well like I'm not here to judge you or make you feel bad about yourself or anything like I'm here to help you get the best version of yourself out um yeah and I think directing is is such a big part of the job and I think that casting is actually really misunderstood a lot of ways in production partly because often people think right, if I'm going to save some money, I'm going to cut a casting director and I'm going to cut the amount I can pay the actors. So when you've got people fronting your whole project and that is where, you know, some money should be put, frankly, and people deserve to be paid properly if they're in your work. And then they think that they can do all the casting by themselves. Yeah. Which, you know, some some people do have a knack for it, but it's a really difficult, time-consuming job which involves so much people-centered work and directing people and making them feel comfortable especially because so many directors I think now it's maybe it's the Andrea Arnold effect think that you can just get an incredible street cast but these people have been workshopped and worked with for months and obviously they can pull some fantastic performances out of them but there is so much that goes into that entire casting process from like engaging people to getting in that final audition and recall and the director feeling excited and they feel like they've got their cast there. But yeah, the directing part of it is something that I'm like, it's always simmering away in the back of my mind because I think that there's also a lot of different director styles, right? Not trying to hate on some people, but there's a lot of very technical directors who can make everything look brilliant, are great doing all the sort of, you know, post and effects and everything but I've been in a room with people and they do not know how to direct an actor. And that sucks for the actor as Big well. Big time. And I think that it's something, that's original direction, right? That is what filmmaking started with, working with actors, pulling out amazing performances. And I think that that needs to, that needs to happen again. What's your process then with that, with someone coming in and what's like... If you give it like a start to finish when someone comes in a room, what you're talking to them about, how do you make them feel comfortable? Because I always think this is someone, a director who's never cast anyone before. Mm. Sometimes they won't. I mean, everyone's got a different way of doing it, but mm. I'm sure they won't know what to do. Well, I just, I just feel, I, I've always used you for casting mm. like from, from years ago. Yeah. And even reflecting on that, you know, if you're a director and it's your first time in a casting room, it's a scary place to be. But in terms of me, like working with you, that's been such a helpful process. Like, I think you kind of gave me the confidence just to jump in there, you know, without mm. taking too much of like 
your job as well. It's a collaboration, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But it, it can be a tricky ground to to tread if if you're not familiar with being in the room with like actors, and, and it's a really intimate, you know, setting. So yeah, yeah, and it, they're so it, vulnerable with you. Too. Yeah, they are completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the quite that's quite sweet actually when you look at it and you think about especially like emerging directors or directors who haven't worked a lot with actors you and the actors are both shitting yourself in the room at the end of the day. But it's it's like what I said earlier, like you you want people to f- do their best performance. Yep. And I think what I always say to directors, I'm like, come prepared, like really have a think about everything you want them to do, like the sort of scenes you want them to do. If you want them to play and do something a bit more improvised, that's completely fine. And also what, what I always try and get, actors to have is a bit of context from the director like if the director can tell them a bit about the project what they see the character doing what their motivation is all of that stuff it just builds into a much better performance and we're really fortunate that most of the people we work with are super lovely really collaborative really want the actors to feel good like we don't have a real diva policy here which is great so it means that there's a really nice back and forth between the actor and the director and us in the room. Um, and just, you know, we experiment with it a few times, maybe try the scene a few different ways yeah. and just also talk to them and get to know them because so often you as a person is exciting for a director to engage you as a character. Cause yeah. if there's a link there, it's obviously the best and most authentic way to play it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also that kind of like that kind of, landscape at the minute with like videotapes that being the kind of main source of, of casting you know it, it becomes a bit of a barrier between you and and mm. and an actor and I guess even if maybe they're not quite right for the part if you connect you, you've got them you've got that connection for something else or even maybe a different role you know so yeah totally what's that been like for you since COVID the whole like change of like you know the process of casting because obviously now it's a lot more video tape led right yeah sort of less personal yeah. it's really interesting because we've been chatting to a lot of different agents about this over the last few weeks and I think a lot of actors are desperate to get back in the room because it takes away that human connection and also sort of historically people meet casting directors like you said they get put on the sort of books for something else like they're they're kept in mind essentially throughout I think there's a massive pros to self-taping and there's also cons but the pros are that we can see a lot more people for things. I, You know, we don't send out self-tape requests to thousands of people, but it means that we can narrow our pool down a little bit more. It means you don't have to be based in London. Also, I think that people forget that being an actor is incredibly expensive. So if you're trying to commit your entire time to being an actor and people think that, you know, you won't have a full-time job, you won't be able to do this, and they expect you to have gone to drama school where you don't really get any help and it's now nearly 20 grand a year. So you're already looking at a certain type of person who is able, this is in inverted commas, be an actor, right? Full time. So with self-tapes and stuff, you then take out the need for somebody to trek all the way to London to go to an in-person audition, which it might be, who knows? Like if they're coming from Manchester last minute, it could be nearly a hundred quid. Mm. 
So it gives people that opportunity a lot more. It means that they also don't have to live in London, which, as we all know, is horrifically expensive. So it kind of levels the playing field out a little bit more. And a shithole. And a shithole, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We're all there like, oh, God, I'm so tired all the time. Oh, that's great. I didn't even look look at it like that. That it's like opened... Yeah. You know, it's, it's it sounds like a negative thing, but it's actually opened the door it's for opened, a lot more people. Yeah, it's opened it up. But also, it does mean that people don't get any direction. Yeah. And I think that if directors have the, um, like, ability to think about a really good set of self-tape instructions, and they can put the tone in, and they can put exactly what they want to see, because they need to remember that these people are going in blind. So then they get the tapes back and they're like, oh, that's not how I wanted it. I'm like, but you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've never met you. They've never been directed by you. It's a bit different if you're doing a, a self-tape for a really well-known director or you know their style and you can kind of pitch it mm. how you think they'll want it. But it's super unknown. So those less experienced actors or people who aren't great at taping, because a lot of people are fantastic in the room, but they're not particularly great at taping. It's no shit on them as an actor. It's just the way it is it means that they then don't get that direction. So it's like, it's a catch-22. Yeah, they've got no one to bounce off as well. Totally. Like, literally no one. They've, like, imagine putting a camera in front of yourself. Right, right, okay, what am I yeah. supposed to... Because all I do is talk, you know, you yeah, bounce yeah. off someone. Um, I mean, the best is when you see people who are taping with, like, bless them, like their mum or their sister or their partner, and they're really going for it. And the person reading in is like, oh, no, are you okay? And it just really jars you watching well, that, it because you're like, oh, God. I always think, like, the hardest thing I find is, like, when it's like commercial casting and there's no lines sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what, what shall I get them to do? <laughs> and you just yeah. think about reactions and different reactions. Or you just go, tell me a little bit about yourself or tell me a little story or something like that. And yeah. then you see how they tell a story. But it's so, yeah. it's so um, important, you know, even if you do like have a commercial or a short film. And I guess a lot of directors just have something in their head of like what a character should be. But yeah. They need the background, like totally. they need the background. So it's it's always worth giving them some sort of background to their character, just to give them a bit, of, you know, a bit of meets Sean kind of thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but also, one thing I wanted to ask you as well is like, you know, we've had these conversations about finding this like level of ignorance to kind of character descriptions and stuff like yeah. that. And I feel like we've had the conversation where they kind of lean on you to kind of fill in the blanks and just kind yeah. of like this, you know, describe a character that's not not correct so yeah. I, 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 what's what's that like it's an interesting thing right because i didn't expect that to be part of our job um especially in commercials when i you know i've talked to friends in advertising who've told me about the fact that they have sort of diversity consultants in at the initial meetings of pitching something and when i receive a character breakdown or a script and it's still so problematic I'm kind of shocked because I'm like, wow, that's gone through like 10 stages before it gets to me. And I don't think that I'm the most knowledgeable person in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm like, bloody hell, like really? Am I the first person who's waving their arms or am I the 10th person who's still being ignored, which it makes it actually much more insidious. I think that like, you know, I'm always so happy to advise on stuff. And really we are we're the fucking PC police at this point. Like anything comes to our team, we're like, no X, no, 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 no. That is not how you refer to somebody's gender. Like that's a really poor portrayal of someone's culture. Like, and a lot of these characters are just really thin and really poorly written by people who 
don't live that life experience. And I think that's that's obviously a major player in it. But also the frustrating thing for me is that so often, because there is a big power dynamic within our industry, yes, casting directors are heads of department, but quite often, because there is a real creative level in our work and we can sort of, well, I can anyway, maybe I'm just super annoying, we'll try and advise on character and script and portrayal because I'm taking it to the actors. Mm. Um, when people really stick their heels in and I'm like, no, I'm not offensive. That's not offensive. That's not what I meant. And I'm like, look, I'm just trying to explain that if you adjust this character or if you speak to somebody that you're trying to portray who actually lives that life or anything, it will be better. It will be so much more authentic and that's how good storytelling happens. But yeah, obviously I still see briefs that come in which are just like completely mind-blowing as to how how regressive they are. And I think that the most frustrating thing is that so many productions and brands and agencies are trying to use certain types of people to make themselves look better, essentially, and feel more diverse, but don't know how to refer to these people or make sure that they're catered for properly on set or any of this stuff. And it's almost like an empty promise in their delivery of these types of people. And that's what gets me frustrated because it's brilliant when you meet people who are really like-minded and they want to portray different types of people and give people that sort of visibility on screen that they should be having and yet just don't know how to cater for it. It's happened, like, this is a really horrible example, but we were doing a job where they were really keen to have somebody in a wheelchair in the job. And they then booked all of this sort of hair and makeup testing and stuff in a completely inaccessible space. And they suggested that this woman was carried downstairs by her mother into the set. She's a 27-year-old woman, like, that is so humiliating for her. And it's like, come on. Like, if you want to book talent with a disability, make it accessible. Is that not, is that not obvious? So it's things like that which still happen where you, you put your head in your hands. And I'm like, and I have to feed this back to the agent. And I'm obviously like, I don't agree with this at yeah. all. But it's, it's stuff like that where I'm like, come on, if you want to make this happen, just do a little bit of extra work or learn about stuff or Google something. Yeah. It's not hard. Do you think that it's like a bit of box ticking sometimes for them? Like yeah, they're totally. not They're not thinking this, they're just thinking, let's tick this box. And then as soon as that box is ticked, they're ignoring all the you know, accessibility thing. Like that's like a, a really Yeah, it's obvious just really thing. odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's all things like that. It's like they want to be seen to do it um, and then they just don't know how to cater for it. Like, again, we've had things where they've wanted a woman in a hijab and then haven't thought about her modesty or whether they need to get like a female Muslim stylist in or anything like that. And have just asked me to ask talent stuff, which is just so not going to happen, but because they don't know enough about that religion and culture or have even bothered to look it up, frankly, then they expect me to ask these questions, which I won't because I have to feed it back to them. Yeah. First being like, no way. Yeah. It just, it feels like it's like, um, it's obviously progressed from five years ago. Yeah. But there's still so much learning to do. It's almost like they've gone stage one and then, right, okay, that's who we're going to cast, but not done any research behind it. Yeah. So it's just like, right, okay, now get to stage two. Come on, guys, chop, chop, do your yeah. research. A bit, it feels a little bit lazy. 
Yeah, just throwing someone in and, you know. That's it. um, When it, like, most of this information is accessible and, you know, nobody's going to scream at you if you're like, okay, by the way, I'm booking somebody for my job. This is how they identify or this is their cultural background. And if they do the research and ask somebody else or get somebody on board at the stage where they are writing those characters into their briefs to make sure it's authentic and to make sure that the talent are comfortable on on set at the end of the day. That's the thing that we feel most strongly about it's why we're always like lobbying for intimacy coordinators for yeah. all of this kind of stuff because I'm like they are coming onto your set they are going to be the face of your project and I think that people forget that everyone's nervous at the end of the day mm-hmm. like even if they're pros they're still wanting to do a good job and you should respect them as people especially if you're using them to amplify you as a brand yeah it's a bit shady <laughs> Yeah, which everyone does. Yeah, exactly. As much as they say, and 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 it can be a tricky conversation to have. You know, uh, you know, we don't always have all the answers. And, it, and uh, you know, in t- talking about culture, and, and and there's that many different cultures. Like totally, for me, it's so um, helpful to just chat to you about it before you know we, we kind of move into the, move into the next stage because mm. it is it's a learning it's a learning process as well, and it's quite daunting and like. It's a conversation that not everyone talks about, you know. Yeah, of course, because I think so many people feel too awkward to. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And I think what we've had a lot as well is we've had a lot of white male directors not write any parts that aren't for white people because they're like, oh, no, I'm not. What, what if this isn't my story to tell? And I'm like, there's different lenses, right, yeah. that you can tell a story through. And also, if you keep thinking in that sort of realm, then they're won't be any diversity in your projects and surely that's worse right and there are so many projects where it's like race doesn't come into this character in terms of their story arc like why don't we just be as diverse as possible let other stories be told you know so yeah it's it's a tricky one but also like us having a really diverse team of people from different cultures backgrounds experiences is what makes our work able to be as authentic you know we all have so many conversations with each other all the time whenever briefs come in about different characters about what they should be about how we feel about them about whether something's missing and that is fed back to to everyone we just love talking (laughs) yes it's it's great though to to think because like you said it's not something you thought the job would ever evolve into yeah, and it's really it has evolved quite so a lot. So much more political than I thought it would ever be. Yeah, but that's great. Yeah, it keeps is. you working brain big wise. time. It's political. It's, oh, sorry, go on, go on. Well, no, I I was going to kind of go on to them from from that this conversation. How do you then go about? How do you find talent? Like, what do you do? Street casting? Do you do? Is it like a you know the spotlight out there? There's like, how then do you if you get a briefing and got right? Obviously, it's people. Some people you've already seen. You must have a yeah. nice big list. But then you're like, well, who haven't I seen? Yeah, it honestly completely depends on the project. So on the street, street casting doesn't really happen that much anymore, partly because we've all been stood in the pissing rain for hours with nobody there. Like, oh God. But reaching out to people through social media actually works really well. Um, Putting sort of open casting calls on social media and actually and posters and stuff that we can stick around still does work if you're looking for someone really specific um obviously like the traditional means through spotlight and stuff like that and 
yeah, sort of more more open casting style things, sometimes through model agencies. Sometimes there are some gems. We did this film with Dumas Haddad last year um, called Flowers, which has ended up doing really well. And the main guy in that is like this very lovely basketball playing model, oh, Shake. Wow. And he could actually act. And we were like, hell yeah, this has worked. Um, so yeah, through, through lots of different avenues, through um, through theatre productions we've seen where we get people in. My colleague Priyanka as well um, does a lot of work with the lyric in Hammersmith. So there's people from kind of like their youth programme that we've got in before, people that she's performed with, as she's also an actor. And that's why all of us having these different backgrounds in terms of how we got into this industry works really well like Steph my colleague is the most genius street casting researcher ever like she can find somebody under a rock in the middle of nowhere and I'm like what the hell Holly did graphic design so she knows a whole load of really cool trendy CSM people design types and it all feeds into who we're presenting for our works like these are the people we're around and that we want to platform as well. Because at the end of the day, come on, everyone wants someone they know and like to get the job, right? Sure, yeah. And taking it out of a nepotism way, these aren't people that we're necessarily best friends with, but these are people that we want to champion because we can see something really amazing in them. But like our Spanish team, for example, they found this actress called Milena Smith over Instagram. She ended up being in this really big Spanish film and now she was just in... Um, Almodovar's Parallel Lines film last year as one of the leads. And she was found through Instagram, which is crazy. And I I really hate influencer culture, but she wasn't an influencer. She was just a girl who replied to a DM. Wow. So it's the capacities are opening more. And we're also, we really try and encourage people that haven't gone that traditional drama school route necessarily. Yes, it can do amazing things for actors, but again, it's a huge privilege to go to drama school. Some people can get scholarships, brilliant. But for most people, it's just so out of reach um, financially. What would you say to kind of like upcoming actors at the minute? And also actors who've been going at it for like 10, 15, 20 years. I think be realistic is one. Mm. As horrible as I sound, you might not be very good. (laughs) And I know that sounds mean, but we all have it as creatives, right? You get to a point where you're like, hmm. Is this working or like, am I, is this my area? Am I any good at this part? That's nice to have though sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. I think that kind of like self-awareness. Yeah. I don't know. We've all got that kind of like imposter syndrome feeling. I kind of, I like that innocence sometimes in in people. Yeah. Rather than like people think they're the fucking dog's bollocks. Yeah. But that's good as well. You know, I think there's this balance. You've got to have this like bit in you that's like, Oh God, am I actually? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Without being negative. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Realism. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's, really, just, it's, it's being just realistic. being realistic. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a good thing. And also just to try and put yourself out there as much as possible, as much as you can. And also making your own work for you as an actor. If you can write or direct, or if you have friends that can, just doing stuff like that to put on your show reel and things like that is so invaluable. Um, because even if it's just shot on your phone or something, yeah. like even if it's like a crap little thing, but you you do it doesn't matter what you shot yeah. on if you look at an actor. I weirdly watched um, Vin Diesel's short film. Oh my god! Have you, do, do, <laughs> no, have you, I haven't seen it. So he did it. He did. It, no one would cast him because they didn't. It was at time where they would be like, "Well, you we don't know what like no one could like uh, judge his ethnicity at the time. Right? Okay. They were like, "Well, we, we don't know, place you. We don't know where to place you." So he made his own short film, 
And then someone saw it and gave it to Spielberg, and then they cast him in Saving Private Ryan so <laughs> from, from, his, from his own short film. Yeah. I was like... Well, his first movie. <laughs> yeah, first proper one. It's a good way to Great. go in, isn't it? Yeah, because he was just like, I'm just going to make my own, but he made it about going to casting sessions. Wow. So it's a really good one. It's, yeah, I want to watch it's that. It's about him going and just hearing the same things, same mm. things, same things, and he just made a short film about it, and then, yeah. Well, that's actually... That's actually another thing I was going to say in terms of recommending to actors. I think there's a really old school mentality of what is your type, right? And I think it's quite funny. I'm on this group on Facebook called Actors UK, which to be honest, sorry, actors, I do jump in to see the huge fights that emerge between (laughs) actors. It's like a good bit of goss. Like everyone's so competitive. But, you know, they all have these conversations with each other about what's what's your casting type. And they're very archaic. Like a woman's like, I can play a policewoman or a mother or um, sometimes an auntie or like the kooky best friend. And I'm like, that's so unhelpful for you. <laughs> also like, poor you, these runs are shit. <laughs> but it's so reductive. And actually it's like, you know, obviously you can be like, right, this is my casting playing age. Fine. But then aside from that, surely you want to play different characters. Obviously if you've got, like a really haunting face, or if you look like Steve Buscemi, there are roles you're going to be cast in. <laughs> Great roles. Yeah. But you can sort of know your area and genres maybe, but don't limit yourself too much and just like have fun with it and also have a life outside of it. Because I think fortunately this hustle culture shit is kind of dying out a bit now because there was a whole thing of like work hard work harder like don't see friends just commit to your art all of this stuff and I'm like for god's sake like live and let live a bit like yes if it's something that you truly love doing you will push yourself for it I feel like that's the case in everything we can all be lazy as fuck but like when I was at school I was so badly behaved I was so naughty I'd skip all my classes and the only thing I actually cared about was drama yeah because I actually wanted to do it. Everything yeah. else really went out the window. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's the same thing for all these actors. Like, if you want to do it, you will push yourself in that area, but don't let everything else go aside. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you might decide it's not what you want to do anymore. Because yeah. that you, happens. Do you, do you get actors um, emailing you guys directly? Yes. Yeah. There's also, yeah, here's another tip. Yeah, the prob- they probably all got your email from me. <laughs> Great being like, <laughs> oh, my friend Hannah's really um, nice. I'll give you this email. Don't say you got it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're doing that in like pub gardens, just flying out to get me harassed. No, I mean, we do sometimes. And I think that if you are right for a role that's been put out, fab. If you are not, like this woman, who I've had to ask to stop emailing me now, she emails me for every single job we post, right? This woman has applied to be like a six-year-old black child and she is like a white woman in her early 40s. And I'm like, if you can... No, we're not going to change our minds on the role. And that's okay. There is a role for you, but it's not this one. You know, you know what? We're going to change it now. <laughs> she's like, if you fancy changing your mind, I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's quite, quite a step. But... Hey, she's got the passion. She's got the hustle culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I admire her. She wants it. Yeah, she wants it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, people submit. I was going to say earlier on: is there any um, is there any kind of scripts that come through your way that you're like, I'm not touching this? Yeah. Um, apart may, from mine. Apart from yours. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, sweating now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think there's some where also 
if you if we feel like we've got the avenue to make suggestions about like what could be tweaked and if they're small tweaks and then it will be great and if you've got a pre-existing relationship with the director or writer or if they're people who who want your input then it's the perfect situation because you're like right let's let's work on this a bit together to get it to a stage where I can send this out um the ones that we've like full out rejected are ones that are just really offensive or don't really serve us in any way or I don't think are going to be interesting like we rejected a film a couple of months ago because the representation of women in it was so shit like you know it was very like actiony film and the woman in it didn't even have a particularly good part and she was just like having sex with the guy occasionally and she had nothing to give to this story and James Bond (laughs) that would have been slightly better actually but yeah it was one of those things which was like it was like a really shitty James Bond without any of the awareness Um, and yeah and there was like some really odd depictions of people from different races and it was just all a bit yikes and I was like I can't work on these sort of projects whilst also saying that we are a company who really care about authenticity and good storytelling it would just be completely two-faced um and yeah I mean we we're also really lucky because now the the more the company's growing the more scripts we're getting in we are being more picky on what we're taking on and I think that really fortunately the type of work that we're going into is more indie more interesting like really great scripts working with people that we love working with so naturally those are the sort of things that are going to come our way which is great mm. you ever done a casting session where you completely disagreed with the choice being made yeah yes. and how do you kind of go how do you go about that um at the end of the day it's the director's choice we always try and provide as many alternatives as possible or we can try and back up our talent a lot and maybe like show them their show reels or previous work that they've done really try and like and also I'm I'm super honest with them I'll be like I don't think they're necessarily the best person for this or I think this person might be more interesting or even you know this is a really obvious choice this person why don't you try and flip it on its head and choose somebody more unexpected who's a better actor also not gonna lie what I've had quite a few times is the director picking picking someone because they fancy her and I'm like, she is shit. Sorry. Like, she's a lovely girl, but she can't act. <laughs> no, she oh, will, though. She will, like, though, Anna. She's amazing. She's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. And I'm sat there like, <laughs> it's so bad. Because there's only, there's only so much you can push. Oh, yeah. And then, and then they get, get the decision. Yeah, totally. And like, you know. You know, you can manipulate Craig all you want and you push what you want on <laughs> Yeah, I can threaten Craig. Be yeah. like, cast them or else. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just totally I actually feel um so much more confident moving into a job with you because I you know I know I'm, I'm you know you're going to get the 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 best like head on it you know it's and, trust it, you it's, trust it's, it's you trust and it's such trust. a relationship between yeah. but I, I get directors who are, who are really quite scared of approaching a casting director and they're like oh, mm. you know and there is a fear around it that's what that's what I was talking about earlier of like I guess for any for any director you know, wanting to kind of reach out to a casting director, what would what would your advice be to him? Because it's a, you know, it's a bit, it can be an unknown territory and it can also be quite scary, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously one, 
just come to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> joking. But two, I think just try and do as much work as you can on your ability to direct actors first. So a director I work with quite a lot on commercials, who's now moving into narrative work, he had he lives in New York and he started doing sort of director's classes and acting classes, right? So he's learning how to work with actors a lot more because he was like, well, duh, obviously. Like I've, and all his commercials are fantastic and the performances are brilliant in them. But he's like, well, if I want to do this, I need to take the step up, right? And I'm like, yeah, you do. And I think there's so many directors have this incredibly unabashed confidence, which is great. Like props to you, well done. But I think that you need to respect the fact that these actors have done a shitload of work to work on themselves before they get to you and just give it back. Yeah. And I think that like working with a casting director should be such a rewarding and exciting part of your process. Loads of directors come in that are like, oh yes, I love casting. Like this is, this is the time when you start to see your script come alive. You start picking out the holes in it too. You're like, oh shit, this doesn't, doesn't work up on its feet or you get this buzz like, you know, when you know something's going right creatively in the room and you're almost not breathing because you're just kind of holding your breath until the end of the take and you look around at everyone else afterwards and it's like, that was fucking good. And that's the best moment. And I think that, like, if you prepare yourself as much as you can as a director, you don't need to be scared about working with actors. If you work with actors a lot and you actually don't see yourself working with them as well, maybe think about getting a co-director. And maybe one of you can be the technical person and one of you can direct the talent. Just, I think, sort of zooming out from it. And it's like, it's no, it's not a bad thing. Like, there are some directors who are better at certain things, right? Ideally, you're much more whole than that, right? But you shouldn't be scared about engaging a casting director because at the end of the day, like, if you believe in your project and you think it's great and you've got a vision for it, we want to help you make that come to life. Have you ever... um someone's won the casting and then you've got to, they, they've got, almost got into pre-production, even to the point where they've started shooting and then they've changed. They've had to, they was like, it's not working. We have to change something. Yeah, really big brands. Right. And fuck me, it's so heartless. I bet, yeah. They, um, I think I've only had it once where they switched them out and that was on a fashion job and they just don't care about anyone, which is why we, we do a lot of fashion stuff, but I don't do fashion week. I don't do any of the sort of like oh, yeah. really very sort of inhumane stuff. But um, we had a job where they were like, we're going to decide whether we want to use this girl once we've flown her to Bilbao and we are in front of her. And this girl got flown out. She then had to wait like a day and a half to to be let known whether they wanted to work with her, which is just so awful it was, you know, it was for a gigantic brand. They really thought that they could just click their fingers and do whatever they wanted. And this actor, who thankfully ended up booking the job, had had four auditions for a commercial. We had to send them loads of, you know, additional footage, all of this different stuff. She was absolutely fantastic. And I was like, guys, surely this is her. Like, she's unbelievable. For a 30-second commercial. To be fair, she got paid handsomely. So I think that's why her agent was like, do you know what? Have a wander around Bilbao. Because yeah. <laughs> like, they, the they do that with kids, don't they? Like young yes. kids. So you'll get sent... You'll have your favourite, you know, who you've never met. 
you've got a tape. This is just from my experience. Yeah. And then they come and then you see how the kids interact together. You've got the kid and you've got the, the fallback kid. Yeah. And you see how they all play. Oh, it's awful. And literally I get I get people come because I've got to make the fucking decision. I mean, I w- want this certain kid. Yeah. And then they come and go, Ozzy, like, so, you know, I've got to fucking stand and watch them. <laughs> see how they, so weird. See how they interact. And then I, I mean, I go and I like going and playing with the kids and, you know, and you kind of, but then some, sometimes it's like, now that they're not right, they're not right either. And you've got to, and the, these kids, you know, will watch this other kid from, and I had this one, this one moment where I had one kid who, bless her, was crying, you know, she's so young. Yeah. We're getting into all these things. I feel sorry for kids. I mean, I do yeah, a lot of kids. kids cast- yeah, I do a lot of kids commercial stuff. And this one kid, and she was so cute, but it was a bit, you know, there's a lot of people in this room. Mm. It's getting a bit hot. She started crying. She wanted her mom. But obviously, time's ticking for yeah, everyone. Yeah, of course. Time is money type thing. And the kid was escorted out. And then another kid who was dressed in the exact same outfit <laughs> walked oh, past God. her. And I just saw these two kids looking at each other being like, what is going on? Because it's really strange. Yeah. You know, someone's in the same outfit. And then... yeah. It was like, see ya. It was yeah. really, really weird. I'm going to try it now. And then obviously all their mums will talk about it in this oh. very like, oh, you yeah. know, bless them. Yeah. But, you know, mine's going in now. Yeah. And it's so fucking weird. Yeah. Like I've told mums outside casting studios. I'm like, by the way, your kid doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what? Because yeah. I asked this little 11-year-old boy. I was like, do you like acting? He's like, no. Yeah. I was like, what do you like? He's like, football. Yeah. I was like, okay. Do you want to be here? And he was like, Mm, not really. I was like, why are you? He said, yeah, well, my mum told me I had to calm my voice. I wasn't going to football practice. And I was like, right, okay. So I went out and told his mum he wants to go to football. He doesn't want to do this. And she went bright red and she was like, no, no, no. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. Come on, come on. No, of course. What are you talking about? It's his favourite thing in the world. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, leave him alone. Because at that age, <laughs> if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And obviously, I, you know, I'd really love my kids to be in the bits. Yeah. I can have a nice holiday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But this It'll is, be great. There's but... a nice sweet spot when kids are innocent and don't. I, I, I like it when they're just like not aware of the camera totally, yeah. and not aware of themselves. Yeah, they're not aware of like how they are or what they look like. Yeah, it's almost like ten. I always like ten year olds yes. are so great. Before then, they get really self conscious. They really do. Yeah, it changes so quickly. It's so sad. And I'm always like, you're really good at working with kids, though. I think. Yeah, I think it's fun because they're just themselves. But that's a thing that's also really hard. Yeah, exactly. A lot of directors don't really know how to work with kids. Or they're a bit, like, abrupt. Or in the casting session, they're like, okay, well, can we have four minutes with each child so I can see a lot? And then they can just come in and out. And I'm like, that is a child. They don't know what they're doing. It's a real human being. Yeah, that's a real person. Like, it's not a cattle market. Like, come on, give them give it's them a true. minute. It's awful. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a tough one. I guess, you know, going on to our next thing about, you know, moving forward, you know, what is it that you want to be casting more of? It's weird because uh, when I started, <laughs> the ageism and misogyny in the industry was much more than it is now. Um, and I still had a hell of a lot to learn. I did a an audition once where... Director called me the casting helper lady, which was really appreciated. Um, I'm really sorry about that. I don't think he's worked for a few years, so so I don't really care. Yeah, it was you. It was you. Um, Imagine all of these these, uh, anecdotes have actually just been about Craig. Um, (laughs) Trying to out him as a terrible person. Um, Yeah, no, so basically, um, oh, I forgot what I was fucking saying. 
What's the so you got called a casting helper lady. I got, by a yeah, I was so irate about that. Oh yeah, where we are now. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I think sort of in the future, what I what we really want to be doing more of is just more narrative work, which is coming in and is exciting. I think obviously there's been a massive pause on everything at the moment from the SAG stuff that's been going on. The sort of narrative side of the industry is a bit tumbleweed at the moment. But as we get into winter, things always pick up on all fronts. So we just want to keep working on really interesting scripts, keep sort of developing that side of our work. We've got a really big film coming out at the, I don't know whether it's going to push now, but probably at the beginning of next year called Rich Flu, which was developed with... um, Pablo Lorraine, executive producing, and an amazing director called Galda Gasolo Urrutia, which I probably pronounced completely wrong because his name is Basque, um, who did an amazing film called The Platform. It was on Netflix, fantastic Spanish sort of horror thriller film. That's coming out at the beginning of next year, and that's an international cinema release. So it's a big one, and it's genre, and it's fucking great. It's going to be so good. We went to set for it, and I was just... So excited. I actually cried with happiness. Isn't that weird? But I think that was that was the point where it probably relates back to this long-winded answer to the question, where in that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I've been working towards. And I was so happy and so proud. And I was just, it was really like sort of soul fulfilling. It's like, this is right. This is what I wanted. So yeah, we're sort of still pushing out, trying to meet new people, meet new directors and production companies. We've got an agent now, which is, has been invaluable, actually, for somebody to just go, here's a good idea. Here's what you should do. Here's some steps to get you up into that next realm of possibility. Um, and just having somebody to talk to in, in terms of advising you, especially as a small company where we've all just done everything instinctively. We haven't come from the more sort of traditional legacy type casting where you're somebody's assistant for 10 years and then you're allowed in the room. One of the reasons that we've been successful is because we have pushed really hard for everything we've wanted, met some really great directors, worked so hard to get to where we are that it's all just started falling into place. And we're really busy, which is great. And also, you know... Commercials and music videos do move into long form stuff. And it's the, I mean, like you're a great example of it, Craig. Like the relationships that we've developed with people from either doing tiny music videos five years ago or doing other things have now sort of, you know, collectively made much more work for us. So yeah, I mean, it has all happened really quickly, like really quickly and with a pandemic in the middle of it. But yeah, seems to be going in a good direction. Well, on that note, <sighs> that was bloody brilliant. Oh, I really Aww. enjoyed that. Really great little moments there. Yeah, so thanks sweet. so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys so for having me. It's been so nice. Yeah. Been a pleasure. Catch you in a bit. Catch you oh, in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.